Either way, the Bears are in trouble defensively. And they're going to be in trouble defensively for the rest of the season. Hi, you're now listening to the Bear Minimum Podcast with Clay Harbor and Marshall Harris. Over the middle to Harbor, touchdown! We're going to be talking all things Bears all the time. We'll have interviews and commentary from your favorite players and beat writers from the city of Chicago. If you love the Chicago Bears and you love the NFL, you're in the right place. And this podcast is sponsored by Joy District Chicago. Come experience the three floors of Joy District. The first floor, Parlay at Joy, the ultra-modern sports bar. The second floor, the Club at Joy, the hottest dance club in the city. And the third floor, the Roof at Joy, the rooftop bar with great views of Chicago. Joy District is open Monday through Friday from 5 p.m. to 2 a.m., Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 a.m., and Sunday from 2 p.m. to 12 p.m. We will see you at Joy District. Welcome back. Here we are again on another episode of The Bare Minimum Podcast. I'm Clay Harbor, and I'm joined by Marshall Harris. And uh, today is what we like to call in the NFL and the football industry a Monday, which is a tell-the-truth Monday. And all the teams I was on, Monday was called Tell the Truth Monday. Why? Because you have to look at the game on Sunday, and you have to tell the truth. You tell the truth about where you're at, where you're at in the division, where you're at as an organization, and, and where, you are, where you're at moving forward as far as the season's concerned. So we, today, we're, gonna, we're here to tell the truth, Marshall. It's a tell the truth Monday. I, mean, I always tell the truth, Clay. I don't know what you're talking about. I always tell the truth. That's one of the fun things about being in my job and my role over at CBS2 is I get to just tell it like it is without any fear of retribution or worrying about how my teammates or my coaches are going to feel about it or how my players, if you're a coach, are going to feel about it. But I do like this, this, this air of, hey, we're going to put it all on the table. Um, and the Bears have a lot to put on the table right now because if we're telling the truth, you can look at the division standings and know they're at the bottom. You can look at the conference standings and know they're right there, neck and neck with whoever wants to say, hey, we've had the worst season of any team in <laughs> the league. Unfortunately, you're right. Unfortunately, you're right. We got a lot to talk about today. And I mean, let's just jump right in. There, there's some good, there's some bad, mostly bad. But we, we got to start with where, where the, who the, who's Justin Fields going to throw the ball to if Justin Fields is back next week? Darnell Mooney. Season ending injury. I mean, that's, that hurts. That hurts. They, they haven't come out in the specifics yet, but it seems like there's some ligament damage in his ankle. He's coming out. He didn't have the greatest season. Obviously, throwing the ball for the Bears wasn't good. So where does this put Darnell Mooney in your position? You were at the game yesterday. I was at home watching the game in 70-degree, you know, climate-controlled heating. You're out there. Right? Okay, okay. You don't have to rub it in. Yeah. You don't have to rub it in. That's, that's, that's what we call unnecessary right there, flagrant. You know, you should get a, uh, a penalty just for that unsportsmanlike conduct. Uh, Clay, we get it. You were home. You were comfortable. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Darnell Movie, he leaves the game with an injury, can't put any weight on his left leg, and the reports are not good early. We haven't had you know, confirmation by the Bears what it is, but if he is out for the season, his last game is kind of the epitome of really his season in that here's a guy who went out, didn't get a single target in his last game. And you know that's kind of the story of where he was all season is under-targeted Darnell Mooney. You know, like... This is a guy who was trying to make his play and prove that he was a receiver one, a top-tier receiver. And I'm not saying he's not, 
But he just doesn't have any, like, if you try to think of big moments for Darnell Mooney in the season, you can't. The biggest moment I can come up with is his inability to catch a ball that could have won them a game that could have been his signature moment Washington. in the Washington primetime yeah. game. Um, it's a disappointing season for him all around, especially when you look at the growth of Justin Fields as a dynamic dual threat. He needs to have guys who can catch the ball. While we saw Cole Komet break out uh, just before Justin Fields went down, we didn't see that from Darnell Mooney. He caught a few balls, but he's got to say this has been a disappointing season, not just because of the team's lack of success in the win-loss column, but just in his production. This guy coming off a career-high 1,000-yard season and unable to back it up. Yeah. And he, he got into a rhythm with Justin Fields late last season, but was unable to do that this year. And I don't know if it's just because, you know, Everybody was game plan- planning for him. Uh, Fields obviously did much more damage with his legs than his arm. I, I don't know why, but it- it- it's a disappointing season for Darnell so Mooney. So let me ask you this. If you're the Bears, Darnell Mooney is coming up on a contract year. Do you let him play out this next season, or do you go into this offseason knowing he's a hardworking guy, knowing Darnell Mooney's a locker room guy? Do you come in and say, we are going to extend this guy to send a message that you're here, you're working hard, you're doing all the right things, the team, the players, they love you. Do you extend Darnell Mooney going forward into next season? I would extend him for a reasonable cost. I mean, I wouldn't give him wide receiver one money. Uh I think the one thing you have to pay attention to is Ryan Poles. He is a guy who has come in and been like, I'm going to put my stamp on the team. And you look at the best players from this team and where they were towards the end of their contracts. Notice uh, they're no longer on the roster. (laughs) You know, Roquan Smith is no longer here. You know, Um, Robert Quinn no longer here. So judging by that, I won't be surprised either way if you can get good value uh, or what is believed to be good value in, in signing him to an extension. Go ahead and do it. I, I can't, they've got all the money in the world to spend. I, one thing, you can't say that the, they don't have any yeah. money. Now, how they allocate those funds, that's, that's going to be interesting I to watch. I think you bring back Darnell Mooney. I think you extend them before next season for two reasons. One, I'm assuming that Mooney wants to get extended. I'm assuming that he wants that, that, that money instead of waiting and playing through another season. Yeah, everybody wants to get everybody paid. wants to get paid, but I think you can get them on a discount. He's, only, he's got about 500 yards this season, two touchdowns. His comparables aren't great. In negotiations, it's not going to go well. So you can get this guy for a discount. He didn't put up wide receiver one numbers. And I think he's got that kind of talent ability. I'm not saying he is a one. I'm not saying he's not. I think he can improve and actually get there someday. But I think right now, you give him that comfort. He's got a contract. But also, you get this guy at a discount, who's a guy that everybody loves in the locker room, everybody loves in the community, everybody talks about how hard he works. So I think Poles could come out and make a splash next season early in the year and extend Mooney. I think that's a good move for Poles, and I think, think that's something he should con- consider. But in Chicago, we had another guy go down, and it looks like it was a serious injury, and that's Eddie Jackson. I mean, that's, that's tough, and he looks like he may be out for an extended period of time. And where does that leave this bare secondary? I mean, you got Jaquan Brisker. You got Kyler Gordon. They both miss games. So, so who do we got left? Kendall Vildor. This is going to be a tough, tough final stretch of the season here for one of the worst pass defenses in the league. This, te- this defense gave up a passer rating of 149 on a monsoon terrible day to Mike White. Who's Mike White? Do you know who Mike White is? I don't know who Mike White is. Yes, Mike White is the guy. Who, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Mike White is a guy who has limited resume, but he is a guy who would beat down the Bengals. Uh, with a big, huge 400-yard game 
uh, last season. So I, I, I know who Mike White is. I, did I expect Mike White to do what he did to the Bears? I'm going to say this. I'm not surprised because before you mentioned the fact that those guys are in concussion protocol, and Jaquan Brisker, Kyler Gordon, they were already bad as a defense. I'm not even talking about individuals. The defense hasn't been good since that game against New England. It's been over yeah. a month. Clay, your record is what yeah. it says you are. And right now, their record is screaming awful. Three and nine. All right, Marshall. You know, we're talking about the defense. Bears defense is not looking good. But there's one guy that I argue that had a good game. And his name is Jack Sanborn. Do you think Jack Sanborn could be the starting linebacker moving forward? for the Chicago Bears? Or is this just a guy that can, can fill in, play special teams, or is he actually the guy that you want as your starting middle linebacker on the Bears? Now, you're basing that on the fact that he had all those tackles in Sunday's game. 15 but tackles, 10 solos. He's been playing well. He's been playing well in that people get to his level and he has to make a play. <laughs> like, here's the thing. I think you know better, Clay, than to say, hey, Jack Sanborn, this undrafted free agent should be the starting middle linebacker for an NFL team. I know it looks good that he's got individual stats. I'm going to give you a basketball analogy, okay? On a team that goes, you know, 15 and 67, right? Someone's still got to score points. So a guy could average 20 and 10 on a 15 and 67 team. And we all know, hey, that's the guy that puts up good stats on a bad team. The Bears are a bad team. The defense is a bad defense. Do I want to see Jack Sanborn back as a special teams player, backup, whatever? Sure. But this starting at middle linebacker talk, if you're trying to be an elite football team, I don't think those two things go together. Do you? Do I think Jack Sanborn can be a starting middle linebacker moving forward for the Bears? I actually do. I love this kid. This for a kid good Bears team. For a good Bears defense. For a good Bears team. This, this kid has instincts, and he's just a football player. You know who he reminds me of? The Philadelphia Eagles starting middle linebacker, who's one of the top five off-ball linebackers in the NFL. His name's T.J. Edwards. T.J. Edwards went to Wisconsin. T.J. Edwards was undrafted. T.J. Edwards ran a 4-9-40. Does that all sound familiar? T.J. Edwards had a heck of a college career and still went undrafted. Same with Jack Sanborn. Jack Sanborn has instincts. He's playing sideline to sideline. He's actually pretty good in coverage. The guy plays physical. He's hard. He plays hard. He plays smart. In the locker room, the players love him. I want to see Jack, Jack Sanborn back. And I think Jack Sanborn should have the opportunity to start next year, moving forward. He's shown me enough to where at least I want him in a competition to where he has the opportunity to be the starting middle linebacker for the Chicago Bears moving forward. And I know this is Chicago linebacker bears okay the, the some of the best bears in in history you got brian Le brian erlacher richard dent next we're gonna have jack sanborn i can't wait till people listen to this watch this whatever and, and say are you kidding me clay like you're you're look He's, he's great if you want to do like a, a great like Hallmark film about you know guys making it as undrafted free agents. I'm not saying he doesn't have talent. He has talent. But the difference between T.J. Edwards, that, that was your comp, right? Yeah. How much talent does that man have around him on that team? Yeah, he has a lot. How much talent does Jack Sanborn have currently around him 
or just this season, post, we'll say post-Roquan and post-Robert Quinn. On but I could make the argument that that makes it more impressive for what Sanborn's doing. He's still putting up numbers. He's still making plays. And obviously, they're not TFLs, a lot of them, because that defensive line, he's playing with guys in his, in his lap. But he's actually eluding blockers. He's getting, he's faking, he's juking blocker. He's taking on blocks. I'm seeing, I know what a linebacker looks like. We're going to have this conversation moving forward. And I, I think Jack. I'm Sanborn, bookmarking this. I'm, pros, I, I, I'm, I'm. This is a receipt. Consider this a plays, digital we receipt. We just play Robert Sala. He keeps the receipts. I'm keeping the, this receipt. I'm telling you, Jack Sanborn will be a good linebacker, starting linebacker for the Chicago Bears next year and beyond. Robert Sala. He's definitely keeping the receipt from Sunday's game because he had to love what he what he saw through and through. Absolutely, but he was. But Mike White was going against this Bears defense, which is horrible. But um, I got another another thing for you, another question here. The Bears lose again. Right now, they have the second pick in the draft, which means since Miami Dolphins lost their first-round pick because of tampering, it means they have the 33rd pick in the second round. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait a second. They don't have the 33rd pick in the second round because they traded that for Chase Claypool, okay? So Chase Claypool has seven catches for 83 yards, zero touchdowns. He did improve yesterday. He had two catches for 51 yards, and he had five targets. But looking right now, if the Bears' season ended, they have the 33rd pick. That's basically a first-round pick in the NFL draft. How do you feel about what Ryan Poles did trading the 33rd pick in the NFL draft for Chase Claypool? I think it still has to kind of play out. Um, we got to see Justin Fields back on the field, see if that rapport can work with Claypool. He had two catches on five targets. He hasn't done anything like astonishingly wow yet as a bear. And, I'm, you know, obviously 12 games in, five games to go, we're going to find out what, what he has, whether it's Trevor Simeon throwing to him, whether it's Justin Fields, whether – it's Nathan Peterman throwing to him. Peterman, We're going man. to find out what he can do. So we got to let it play out more. I, I, I always say this. A bird in the hand is worth two, st- two in the bush, right? Right? Yeah. So yeah. he's a bird in the hand. Now, we'll see what happens with that 33rd pick or whatever pick they end up with in, in the second round. Um, but I, I like the aggressiveness of Ryan Poles at the time. He was just trying to get Justin Fields some help. Justin Fields' yeah. receiver core is, is, is bottom tier. We can agree on that, correct? Yeah. So he's just trying to get him some help. Now, was Chase Claypool the answer? We'll, we'll see how that plays out. But I'm not going to jump and say, oh, Ryan Poles, that was a horrible trade to get a guy when you know you have a uh, subpar free agent class coming up and you got all that money to spend, but you might not have a, a free agent wide receiver that you want to spend the money on. I'm good with that, man. I'm, I'm good no with that. There's no free agents. I was looking. I was just researching all the free agent wide receivers. And, and what, the, what, are the, what are the wide receiver free agents look like? Nothing, but that's why the draft could loom important. I haven't really dove into the draft, but I know Ohio State's got a kid. I know there's a couple of kids out there that can play, and I need to do more research on the draft. And obviously that's hit or miss. You never know how these guys are going to look in the draft. Exactly, exactly. will help right away. But that being said, the 33rd pick, I mean, that's, that's a heck of a position. I mean, that's basically a first-round pick. You can get a prime-time player with the 33rd pick in the draft, but I'm still okay 
with the Chase Claypool trade. And I think a lot of Bears fans are saying that they don't like the move. They don't like the Bears traded for Claypool because that's too much value. You can hit well, a home run. I think more so that they don't like the Chase Claypool pick because Chase Claypool hasn't done anything of note yet. And if yes. he starts doing things of note, they'll change their mind. Fans are fickle like that. Yeah, Fans are very fickle like that. I, I'm good with it. I, I love the fans. Fans are what make this job so great in that if they're not passionate about it, if they don't have hard-line opinions about it, then what we do kind of doesn't matter. We do it yeah. for the fans. I think the Chase Claypool trade, looking at it now, 33 may have been may have been a little bit too much value to give up for Chase Claypool, but I think Ryan Pohl's head was in the right place. You need to get Justin Fields a weapon. He's got to have somebody throw the ball to. Now, Darnell Mooney's out for the year. Who knows how he's going to come back, how serious the injury actually is. He's got to have someone to throw the ball to. We've looked at the free agent list. There's uh, Jacoby Myers, Alan Lazard. Like, I mean, there's nobody really that can change the game that's going to be a free agent next year. It's, it's one of the weakest wide receiver free agent groups I've ever seen. So, therefore, getting Chase Claypool, I think, was still a solid move because you had to get you had to get field some weapons. You had to go out there and get them something because the free agent was free agency was so weak. Obviously the draft, there's some talent coming out, but that takes time to develop. You don't want Fields going through another year with nobody to throw the ball to. You got a guy that's 6-4, can run a 4-4, jump 40 inches, 235 pounds. And obviously they haven't utilized him as much right now. He's still learning the offense. He just got there. It's hard to learn an offense. But I know there's been a lot of controversy over, was this too much? Now the Bears have the 33rd pick, the, 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 the second pick in the second round. Miami Dolphins lost their first-round pick, so it's actually 33. But I still think Poles did the right thing with, with this move and, and getting Claypool because Fields needs that guy. But then we talk about this. Claypool didn't finish the game. Equinemius St. Brown didn't finish the game. Darnell Mooney is obviously out for the year. Who do they have right now? Byron Pringle? Um, Dante Pettis, Bayless Jones. I mean, I mean, it's it's pretty slim pickings right now for the Bears at wide receiver, and that's tough for for Justin Fields coming in next week if he's back and healthy and playing. Doesn't really have many people to to throw the ball to. But I want to ask you, how do you how do you feel about uh, being there in person, seeing uh, Brian Pringle actually make some plays? So it was kind of a process of elimination. Somebody had to make plays. Uh, I, I would say this. I was impressed that Byron Pringle caught a touchdown pass, so, but somebody somebody had to do something, right? Like, you know, you lose 31-10. to 10, You're just looking for any kind of offense. Uh, the Bears, like, Bears fans, and I'm sure the Bears understand this, the Jets are very good. They're very good at defense, and they're very good in general. Their offense is what's been holding them back. Robert Sala doesn't play. I covered him uh, in San Francisco when he, you know, was the defensive coordinator for the 49ers. So, like, none of this surprises me what we saw yesterday with a backup quarterback who is a pocket guy, not a guy who can dual threat you to death like Justin Fields. I'll say this. The Bears did what was expected. Like, nothing was surprising about what happened in those conditions. Um, and, and maybe Byron Pringle is, is going to have a chance. One thing Matty Rafus was talking about after the game was the fact that now other guys will have opportunities. It really is a next man up mentality because that's the way it is in football because people are going to get hurt. That's just, yeah. that's just what happens. So now Byron Pringle is going to get a chance. Maybe Velas Jones Jr. gets more of a chance. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with Dante Pettis, Equinemius St. Brown. 
uh, Chase Claypool, all these guys, somebody has to step up and make plays. And I'm not yeah. saying it's all on the receiver. Obviously, the quarterback's got to be on target with his throws. But you got to make plays by, one, catching the ball. And two, you got to be able to make a play after you've got the ball in your hands. So we're about yeah. to, one way or another, we're about to find out. I'm glad Velas Jones, this will mean Velas Jones is going to get an opportunity. And obviously, he dropped a touchdown. He dropped a couple punts. And honestly, those plays probably lost the Bears at least one game, but maybe two. But uh, he's a third-round pick. He was projected at fifth, sixth-round pick, was never had good hands in college. But he's an explosive guy. He runs a 4-3. You know, he's quick. He's explosive. So maybe he can, they can figure out a way to, to get him the ball in a manner that he can catch it and, and use that explosive speed. And hopefully he can, he can become a weapon because moving forward, if, if, if Velas Jones pops and, and actually becomes a weapon for, for fields with that speed, having both those guys on the field at the same time, him being a guy that could take end of rounds, can maybe you could throw a couple wide receiver screens to him. Maybe he can actually catch a deep ball. Would be huge for the Bears. And uh, staying in the NFC North, though, I don't know. Did you watch? Uh, were you watching the Sunday Night Football last night? On the plane, I was watching it. Crazy. What do you think? What do you think about at the end of the game? Jordan Love comes in and looks good. Aaron Rodgers goes out with an injury. Aaron Rodgers said he's going to be ready to go, but. Do you think there's some quarterback controversy? Are you worried that Jordan Love looks so good moving forward for the Bears? Is this a Aaron Rodgers-Brett Favre deal? What Aaron Rodgers did to Brett Favre, is Jordan Love doing to Aaron Rodgers? I mean, if Jordan Love is their quarterback of the future, which I believe the Packers, that's why they took him, right? Then this is how it's supposed to play out. Uh, I'm sure the Bears would love to see Jordan Love over Aaron Rodgers, you know, just because the history just... It's not good. But if Aaron Rodgers is banged up trying to play, maybe you can make something happen. Uh, either way, the Bears' defense is not equipped to stop a good quarterback. Yeah. Even a pedestrian quarterback. The Bears need to face a bad quarterback to be able Mike to do White what they like a do. Hall of Famer yesterday. He had, he had the highest quarterback rating in the entire league. I'm not talking trash in Mike White. But look at his weapons. He hasn't got a ton of weapons. It's in a monsoon. He's not supposed to have the highest passer rating in the league yesterday and the Bears defense I mean did that I think this would be a perfect game for the Packers to give to give him an opportunity I think yeah. if they if they give Jordan it's a perfect game for the Packers to give Jordan Love an opportunity because he's playing against Chicago Bears who else would you want to play for play against on your on on, on one of your first starts you play well, against the Bears build that I, confidence I think one thing is it's a road game so that's a little bit different dynamic but the other thing is, what are the Packers playing for now? The same thing as the Bears, basically. Nothing. Like, in terms of, they're not going to the playoffs. Um, if you look up and down the NFC, they're, they're, they're out of it now uh, with that loss. That pretty much cements that, unless something ca catastrophic happens. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I think, yeah, it makes sense to give Jordan Love a chance. But also, if Aaron Rodgers wants to play, Aaron Rodgers is going to play. Um, I think either way, the Bears are in trouble. How about that? How about that, Clay? Either way, the Bears are in trouble defensively. And they're going to be in trouble defensively for the rest of the season. And that's whether or not Eddie Jackson plays or Jaquan Brisker plays or Kyler Gordon plays. They don't have enough up front to make things happen. And now you've got your secondary playing on its heels, whether it's the starters or the backups. It's, they, they don't get enough pressure on the quarterback. And oh, now yeah, they're, they're going to face quarterbacks who can, throw the, who can deliver the ball. We can go back to... To Jared Goff and seeing him again, there's so many different guys in the league that they're going to see between now 
You know they still got to play Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, right? Yeah. I'm a, we got to go to that one. I mean, we're Josh both Allen and the Bills, right? Oh, oof. That's the one we're doing the post-game show for. Get get ready to, to, to lock in. That's going to be tough. I feel like that's going to be a... So do you understand what I'm saying? So do you understand what I'm saying? Why I'm saying what I'm saying about like yeah, the defense is cooked and like maybe we'll find a good a good player, a Jack Sanborn type or something can can step up and make plays and say, hey, I deserve to be on your roster next year. My question is this: Did the Packers just find their quarterback of the future? Like when Brett Favre was on his downfall, yeah. you know, did they just find is Jordan Love going to be the quarterback of the future for the Jordan Green Love? Bay Packers? Looks, like, looks very capable and looks like he's going to be that guy when Aaron Rodgers yeah, is no longer a Green Bay Packer. It was quick, but, you know, sometimes it just flashes and you can see it. Even the passes he missed, Aaron Jones on the sideline, back shoulder, perfect pass, went right through Aaron Jones' hands. I go, dang, this guy can sling it, and he's moving pretty well. Christian Watson looked good. So, for me in this division, I kind of was, was viewing Green Bay as, a, as an older team that's, you know, going to be an afterthought. But then you see Jordan Love, you see Christian Watson, you see they got some of these guys, these younger guys. Hey, they can play. Somehow they keep replenishing talent, and I think they're still – obviously it's a down year, but I think they're going to reload next year and have a team again. Uh, let me get your thoughts. We've you know, we got a couple more questions left here that we want to talk about, but you know we had a good game yesterday? David Montgomery. Yeah. David Montgomery played well. He caught the ball. He ran the ball. Do you think the Bears should bring him back, or should they try to go for a guy like Saquon Barkley, a guy like Chubb, you know, a guy like Miles Sanders – in free agency, or do you try to bring David Montgomery back, a locker room guy? Everybody loves him. You know, he's nothing flashy. His numbers aren't great, but he gets a job done, and he's just a football player. If you can get David Montgomery on a good deal, sure, absolutely. I'm vehemently against spending big money on a running back. Vehemently. They are not – look, they're not a dime a dozen, but they're a dollar a dozen. Like, I'm not saying they're that cheap, but, like, if you have good running backs, like just good running backs, not great, but good running backs, you can get the job done, especially when you add in the X factor of Justin Fields being able to run the football. Khalil yeah. Herbert's fine. Fields, Herbert, and then a guy like David Montgomery who can get between the tackles, who doesn't go down after first contact. But yeah. would you love to see David Montgomery back? Of course. You know, always the guy that you're familiar with who, who does the work. But in reality... Just don't pay big money for a running back. Absolutely. I would love to see I would love to see David Montgomery back, but a piece of me also wants to see a fast, explosive running back in the backfield with Justin Fields. Because I think that could cause some problems. And that's not David Montgomery. David Montgomery runs a four six five, four six nine, forty. But he breaks tackles. He's smart. He has great vision. He can block. He can catch. He can do he can do a lot of things. But part of me wants to see, you know, a Miles Sanders. A Saquon back there with Fields, just to see what that looks like. You see what Herbert does. Herbert's more explosive. Herbert's benefiting big time from having Justin Fields next to him in the backfield. That's why he's one of the league leaders in yards per carry, almost averaging six yards a clip. And that's what happens when you have a guy that can run the ball at quarterback with a guy that's fast and explosive at running back. So I would love to see Montgomery back, but a piece of me thinks, you know, maybe you go out there and you try to find – an explosive running back that's got a little bit more top-end speed, a little bit more explosiveness to pair with Justin Fields. Well, can't Khalil Herbert be that guy and you just draft another running back like they did with Khalil Herbert when they went out and got him that, that, that fits that mold that you're talking about? They got yeah, lots of draft picks. Yeah, I, I'm just saying, spend your money on guys who are going to be 
impact players, especially on the defensive side of the ball. The running backs, we can plug and play that, especially because Justin Fields exists as a running threat. Just makes everybody look better in the backfield. Okay. Um, and I, So I got a lot of flack on Twitter. You know, my uh, Twitter. Oh, what did you do? What did you do this time, Clay? Because you're always doing something. So what did you do this time? I just said the Bears offensive line is a solid group. I said they're not great, but they're a solid group. You look at pro football focus. They have them graded in the top half of the league. Watching these guys week in and week out, I think that this Bears offensive line isn't as bad as people think. They're not great, but they're a mid-level offensive line right around the middle of the league. People like, like to say, oh, the Bears offensive line is so bad. It's not great. You know, it's not even good, but they're okay. They're, they're solid. They can get the job done. I, I think Tevin Jenkins, Braxton Jones are guys that you're going to have there. Kobe, Cody Whitehair is a guy that's, that's, that's done it year in and year out. And obviously, Larry Borum had a tough day. You know, I, I like Riley Reef probably a little bit more than, than Larry Borum. But overall, I think this offensive line unit isn't as bad as people think. Obviously, you look at the sacks. But a lot of those sacks have to do with play calls, time taken to, to get the ball out, and they were in the, in the beginning of the year. Later in the season, they've improved. Fields has gotten the ball out faster. And, they're, and they've shown that they're not a bad unit. It's not a conspiracy. The pro football focus isn't, has a conspiracy saying, oh, it's, the Bears have a better offensive line than, than people think. It's not a conspiracy. I'm not looking at this tape and saying, I'm going to say that this offensive line is good when they're not. They're not good. They're not great, but they are okay. They're in the middle of the league. Obviously, you need some improvement there, but give me your thoughts on the Bears' offensive line. Do you know why the people on Twitter go at you hard about this? I'm going I'm to break it down for you because I think, I think we, we have a disconnect between Clay Harbor and the people of Twitter, the good people of Absolutely. Twitter. The good people of Twitter. Love you guys. The good people of Twitter go at you because you're excited about an average offensive line. You're like top half. Like when you say top half, you're not saying top 10. I want to point that out. You're just saying top 16. That's not good enough. They want better because ultimately, if you don't protect Justin Fields, this is all going to go south quickly, whether it's this season or next season or any given season. They want a top offensive line. So that's why they're going at you like bragging about being a mediocre offensive line. It's a mediocre offensive line. It's not as bad as everybody had it out to be, which was like a bottom five offensive line. But they have too many faults with too much precious cargo back there in the backfield and Justin yeah. Fields dropping back and playing quarterback. Part of that, as you said, is on him to get the ball out quicker. Part of that is on the receivers to get open. But at the end of the day, you got to have better blockers up front in pass and run situations. Remember, they can run the ball too. But it's a passing league. Bottom line, I don't care how mobile you are at quarterback. It's a passing league. You know what I found out? It's a passing league yesterday. Lamar Jackson and, and the Baltimore Ravens have been, you know, I've got legs, I've got an arm, but yeah, you can get beat if you can't if you can't come up with the plays at the end of the game. You're gonna get beat. That's it's because because the other guys get paid too, and I think yeah. that's why people are on your neck about. You trying to say nice things about the offense. You're not even saying nice things about the offensive line. You're just saying they're not the worst. Let's not say they're the worst. That's all I'm saying is I'm saying they're not the worst, and they're not. And I think they're mid-level, and you're right. you got to be better mid-level if you want to be the type of team that's competing for division championships. 
Super Bowl. So here, we're about division championships. Super Bowl. We're talking Super about Super Bowl. You want to you want to win the Super Bowl. That's what that's what everything's based off of here. But I mean, we got to talk about. You were on a plane yesterday. Before we before we finish up with our uh, our thrilling conclusion here, what do you what do you think about this whole? You know, I'm just watching Sports Center first take all these shows. Odell Beckham gets kicked off a plane. He's saying he has just he's sleeping with a blanket over his head. But uh, the airline saying that they tried to wake him up and he was unconscious, unresponsive because he didn't have a seatbelt on. Are you saying, hey, man, like you're going to make everybody to plane because this guy can't put a seatbelt on? Or you, you know, come on, Odell, like why are you sleeping with a blanket over your head? Let me, let me get your thoughts on that. Okay, first of all, where, where was he coming from again, Odell? Where, where was he Miami. flying out of? Miami. Miami. That man was probably at the end of a, a of a bender. I'm not saying he was, but if he was, that's completely understandable. That's why the first yeah. thing I do when I get on a plane is I put my seatbelt on. Because I'm probably going to be knocked out before the flight attendant gives the spiel about, you know, emergency exits and everything else. You know, two things I do. I put my seatbelt on and I try to stay awake so she doesn't wake me up or he doesn't wake me up when they're like, you're on an exit row. Can I get a, a verbal confirmation? Yes, because I'm always on the exit. I'm either on the exit row or I'm in a nice seat on the plane. One of those two things. So I think Odell Beckham Jr. probably was just like gone, like tired, gone, passed out, whatever. I don't know the, the specific situations, but I know I comply on airplanes. I'm yeah. yes sir, no sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am on airplanes because I just don't want the smoke on an airplane. Yeah, but you're right. With the Odell Beckham situation, here's what happened. Odell was in Miami. Is he playing for the Dolphins? No. Why is Odell Beckham in Miami, you know, coming back after a weekend? He's out there. He's having fun. He's probably hungover. He gets on the plane. He's about to fly all the way to L.A. from Miami. That's a long flight. He he passes out. He doesn't have his seatbelt on. He puts the jacket over his head. Let let my man sleep. You know, he was – he was probably a little hungover, a little sauce the, the weekend. Had a fun time out there in Miami. It's our Basel next weekend. You know, I mean, uh, he'll probably be back out in Miami if he don't sign with somebody. But the man was hungover, and he was trying to get his little nap in. And they woke him up. And I don't know. He, he said he was going to put the seatbelt on, but it was too late. So I don't know. I mean, we don't know what really happened. But, you know, we got to say, you know, pray, uh, prayers up for Odell. I hope he's okay. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's fine. I think he's gonna be fine. But like I said, when you get on the plane, people put your seatbelt on first. First thing you yeah. do. Somebody has yeah, to come. If you're in the aisle and somebody has to go by you, take your seatbelt off, get up, let them in, and then put your seatbelt back on. Yeah. So we're finishing up here, and we're telling the truth because it's Tell the Truth Monday. That's what we're talking about. And to tell the truth, the state of the Bears. Start with the defense. You know, defense. There's not much. Not much positives coming out of it. Obviously, Brisker and Gordon were out. But my man, Jack Sanborn, you know, Marshall's not a big fan of him. But, but I, he, I, I don't Sanborn. have a problem with Jack Sanborn. I, I have a problem with your electing him like a Hall of Famer on a bad defense just because he's making open field tackles. It's one thing if he's sacking the quarterback, quarterback hits, tackles for loss, hitting uh, running backs in the backfield. That's not what's happening here. He's making open field tackles at the second and third level, which somebody has to do, or every play would be a touchdown. Hey, I think he's playing well. I like this guy's talent, his future, and he's running down on the punt team. Jack Sanborn is not only playing well at middle linebacker, he's starting on punt team. He's making tackles on punt team. Starters don't play special teams, especially punt team. Punt team's a hard special team. 
You're blocking. you got to run all the way down the field and make an open field tackle. And this guy is going from punt team to defense. He's winded right after that. Nobody does that. He is a football player, Jack Sanborn, MVP. Of, okay, I'm getting a little carried away. Yeah, that's my point. Next year, starting middle linebacker for the Bears. Then we got to tell the truth about the offense. Offense isn't looking great. we got a few more targets for, for Chase Claypool, which is good. Uh, Justin Field was obviously out. O-line, up and down. I think we got some players there. But overall, I think the, uh, you know, the offense – isn't great, but when Fields gets back, I think we're back to one of the better offenses in the league. I'm glad you said offense isn't great at the end because earlier you said offense looking great. And I just want to make sure we are telling the truth on Monday. The offense is the offense that is out there. They scored 10 points. Let's not give them too much credit. I know they had a backup quarterback, but this is what you're going to get with your backup quarterback going up against a top defense in the Jets defense. We'll see what happens against the Packers next week. Yeah. And then um, overall, the Bears got the second pick in the draft next year. Got a ton of money to spend. I still think we're telling the truth. I think that this Bears team is looking is looking up. I'm excited for what the future holds. I think we found our franchise quarterback. Got a lot of money to spend. I think they got some key pieces, some young guys that can play. So I'm excited. I'm telling the truth. It's not looking good this year. But for the future, I like where we're at, Marshall. What do you think? I think the future is always bright because it hasn't happened yet. But the present, well, the present is three and nine in last place in the division. So we'll see what happens from here on out. Let's go. And um, obviously, I can't before before we finish. You know, I got to I got to say, if you're in Chicago, you got to check out the sponsor of this podcast, and that is Joy District. Come experience come experience the three floors of Joy. You got Parlay, the the modern sports bar on the first floor. You got the club floor at the second floor. Marshall's always there at the club floor. Man, just dancing. He has fun. He's hanging out. And then you got the it's rooftop. Tell the truth Monday, Clay. <laughs> Marshall's not at the club. But the rooftop, the Joy rooftop, has great views, cocktails, drinks. It's a great spot for a date. Open Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. to 2 a.m., Saturday, 11 a.m. to 3 a.m., and Sunday, 2 p.m. to 12 a.m. Make sure to check out Joy District. And that is your The Bare Minimum Podcast. Tell the Truth Monday. I'm signing out. Clay Harbor and my man Marshall Harris.